Listen, folks, we know that developing your marketing plan is challenging and can be time consuming. And we also know that balancing your business and your personal life can get tricky. So we've created a program to help you out. Introducing Massage Core Academy's Done For You membership, where you can go to get your social media content. Just cut, copy, and paste. It's as simple as that. And in a couple of months, we're gonna be adding Done For You newsletters and blogs to that membership. So check it out. Head over to massagecoreacademy.com to learn more. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk Sheets. We are your hosts, Chad and Jeanette, and today, we're talking about your emergency plan. Ooh, I'm so excited for this topic today. I love when I'm excited because I get closer into the mic. So it's it's an interesting topic because um, I... <laughs> don't have an emergency plan with my business. Not totally true. I have very, I, so <laughs> emergency plan. Let's define what we're talking about first. We're talking about something serious enough that you got to take time away, right? Like Correct. A this weeks, isn't, maybe a month. Yeah. This isn't like, this isn't like, uh, you know, a family member died and I have to take a couple days off for the funeral or I'm taking a week off, you know, for vacation. Like this is, situations where you can no longer work because of, you know, injury, disability, maybe you're getting a surgery and you need time for recovery. Um, or even if it's just like a burnout and it's a mental thing and, uh, it's, you're just at this point where you're like, I can't take it anymore. I need a break. Those are yeah. the situations we're talking about. Right. Exactly. And so I don't have that emergency plan in place. The emergency plan I have in place is if I no longer exist, there's a redundancy in place for my clients. That's right. the only thing I have in place. But it, I hadn't really thought um, larger chunk, but short term. And that's a really important topic for any business owner to think about, but also for somebody who's booking out clients a month, six weeks in advance. Right. And all of a sudden something comes up and- um, either you're capable of doing it or somebody's you're going to hand over the reins and somebody's going to handle that for you. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about now is what are the things you can put in place in the event of, it's kind of like insurance. We, we don't right. we hate having to pay for it, but when it's there for us, we're really thankful that it's there. And it's kind of like that. We, we're going to have this plan. Um, and we're just, we're not going to go into the details of everything, but we're going to highlight a couple of bullet points that are super important. And when you had this topic, this wasn't what I originally had in mind. I had pulled up my course, um, champion your practice. And I was looking at week one, because there's a lot that we do in week one. And mm -hmm. the, the very first week thing we do in week one is mindset. And one of the things you have to do, no matter what you're doing for your business is you have to be open to shifting your mindset from what you think, you know, to what really needs to be in place in order to be a successful business owner. We go over mindset, your future, goal setting, choosing your market, your dream client. We create better tomorrow statements. We understand your personas. We go over a lot in one week, but that really important thing is it's okay to just kind of hover here, but if mm -hmm. you're going to be investing into your business 
with education and and growing your business, your mindset has to open up. You have to have a larger frying pan. You have to operate at a different frequency to be open to these things that we've never experienced before. So this is one that I'm going to be opening myself up to and listening to your advice. Um, I'm sure that it will spark some inspiration for me. Um, but in this one, I'm going to be kind of a uh, a student listening to what you've got going on here. Okay. Um, so it happens, it happens frequently where people get to this situation. And if you're not prepared or don't have some sort of plan, like you're freaking out. And most oftentimes what happens is you continue to just work through it and power through it because you have this idea in your mind that says, I can't afford it right now. And that's okay to be there. But if you have this plan in place, so grab your notebook and pencils or come back to it later and write it down. Yeah, you don't have you you don't have to be there. So the first thing is and we have to get through the we have to get to the preparation phase. Like if you want to chance it and you need to take it right now, I, best of luck to you. But if you're in a situation where you're like, "No, I'm doing good now." Follow these steps, prepare. One, you want to get a total of all of your monthly expenses. And that includes any employees or independent contractors you're paying, any um, personal assistance that you're paying, because just because you're taking a break doesn't mean they are. And if you, you know, you have to tally all that up because that is going to be your baseline. You have to have all of that money in the bank, in the savings, so that when you take that month off, you know, my expenses are covered. That's interesting you say that. When people approach me and they say, you want me to withhold 50% of what I make for reinvesting in my business's expenses and taxes? That's a lot of money. But think about this. Reinvesting in your business doesn't mean you have to spend that money today. It right. means that you're you could be setting money aside to buy that hydraulic lift table that you want. It could be setting money aside to have a down payment for a larger space. But it could also be setting money aside that in the event of emergency, your expenses are covered so that you can do what you need to do. And we're talking about that plan right now. Right. And yes, that does include your paycheck. I said paychecks. That includes what you need because just be like you have to prepare. The problem is, is that most people don't plan for preparing for their own personal stuff. They're like, okay, as long as my business expenses are covered, well, what about your paycheck? Because you're also not working. Um, sometimes we forget about that. And we just kind of give this grand total of like, well, I think I need this and it's never enough. So you get that minimum amount. And you want to shoot for doubling it. And I say doubling it because the next part of this is all about your policies. Like you have to have that, you have to have something in there to preface this event happening. So for most of us, this is where like the membership credits come in. Now, I don't really know how this would apply to your business because you're a lot of online stuff. So it's not like you can you know, double their meetings the following month. Maybe you can, maybe you can't, I don't know. But for memberships, you want to make sure in your policy, whatever they sign when they're signing up for their membership, something to the effect of like your membership credit once processed is not refundable. It will remain in your account until used or gifted 
In unique circumstances and at owner's discretion, a refund may be processed. Now you can choose to add in a little, you know, limited, you know, including but not limited to certain situations, or you can just leave it at that. Run it by your lawyer, make sure it's all set to go. Because if that situation happens, you may have members, you may have some members that maybe just recently joined and decide, I don't want this, and they drop and they decide not to get your services anymore. You may have members calling you and saying, well, what are we going to do about my session? And even though you have in your policy the rollover, if you have that clause in there, I do. They pay for it. They get it. It rolls over. That's fine. Um, you need to address this situation so you have a specific place to point in your membership agreement. This is what it says. We had someone leave the industry this summer who has been in it for uh, nearly two decades, right? And um, it seemed sudden, but at, when you look at the policies and the rollout of the business closing. Um, oh, so clean. She did a, so she did a clean. Phenomenal job of transparent communication, setting expectations, reminders, um, but also basically saying, I'm closing. You want your stuff? Get it now. And she did that over and over. It wasn't just the one time uh, grab it or lose it. It was she genuinely wanted had her client's best interest at hand. And I felt the closure was perfect. I yeah. There isn't anything I would have changed about it. And it's it's tough leaving, you know, having somebody leave like that. Um, and I wish her all the best, but what a clean exit and done the right way. Uh, so my massage world is what I'm talking about. They, uh, Savannah left the industry as a whole. And, um, you know, she had people that I'm around membership, which she had people that had purchased and left, but still had uh, access to everything. Uh, and having the policies in place allowed her to do that without losing money, having to recompensate anybody. Um, and she also took portions of the business and sold them to other people to keep those things going. So th that's kind of like, you know, in the event that you're closing up shop permanently, do you have somebody in place that's going to take over your clients? Right. Is that a conversation that you've already had with them? And is that something that is in your policies that your clients are aware of, or at least agree to when they onboard it with you? So that reminded me of that. I know that's not really what we're talking about, the long-term piece here. No, um, but it's that's a very valuable policy information that should be in there. Maybe not now. I'm not sure about like putting a like if I leave clause in there now, but it's definitely something to think about if you're getting to that point. You've been in the business for, you know, 20, 25 years, 30 years, and you're just like, yeah, I can't do it anymore. Add that into your plan. Because even though we've banked all this money, we banked our expenses, we 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 banked all of our paychecks, we doubled it. You have to be prepared to allow for some refunds because you might have, hopefully not, but you might have some clients that are just like, no, I want my money back. This is this is crazy. I don't know what you're doing. I'm, you know, they might think it's a scam because there's everything is a scam now. You need to be prepared to pay them back because at that point, what's better? Like just I, I'm not even going to go down that rabbit hole. You need to be prepared to issue refunds with money that you have banked. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I wanted to talk about, you said 
double it. So I just want to run a hypothetical to make sure that I understand the the money behind it. So okay. hypothetically, let's say I, and I know these numbers are nowhere near accurate, but let's say I bring in $1,000 for the, for the month. And you said we need to be able to have, and of that thousand in revenue, 50% of it is for me as a owner's income and 50% of it is for reinvestment taxes, all that good stuff, everything else. Right. So 500 goes to the business, 500 goes to me on that breakdown. You're saying, make sure my savings account has double. And is that double for the thousand or double for the 500 for the business? Should I have 1500 or 2000? You need 2000 okay. because you because need, to, need be to be able, able to... to support myself for two months. And I need to be able to support the business, whether it be the reinvestments that I have, but more likely if there's fallout, be able to do refunds because right. it's the right thing to do for them. Right. Right. And okay. super quick. The reason why we double it is because you have, you know, having everything that you make in a month, having that thousand should be enough. Cause you're like, okay, I only need to take a month off to get myself together, blah, 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 blah. But if out of that thousand, you have to refund people, well, now it's dripping down and sooner or later, it might dip into not being able to cover your expenses. And then when we, so say we refund a couple people and we're down to 700, when we're coming into the following month, we might be behind. Does that make sense? So like you prepare for the two months so that you're re-entry back into work. You're not financially stressed. Like you're free and clear. Yeah. You know, you're prepared. Not in a deficit. You're, you're even. Correct. Yep. And, like that. and that makes a lot of sense. And it, honestly, it's just forward thinking. Um, you're preparing for the possibility. Listen, refunds happen. And if at the end of the day, you need to be able to tell yourself, I did everything in my power to prevent this, but this is the right thing to do. And if that's the case, you need to be liquid with those assets to be able to handle it. Just like gift certificates on your books, there's a difference between when the money came in and when the service is provided. And that has to be recorded properly as well. So it's really like that solid understanding of um, where your money is, why it's there, and then also being able to do what's right in the right uh, scenario. Right. Okay. So we have our expenses, we have our policy covered. All of these little things are probably going to seem itty bitty, but they're important. Who's taking over? So if it's just you, obviously no one's taking over, or maybe you already have a therapist that subs in for you throughout the year if you're sick or whatever. You got to discuss that with them and what their payment is going to look like, blah, 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 blah. That's a whole different topic. But if you need someone to take over in the event that you're taking a back seat, but you have two independent contractors who are still going to work. Well, in order for you to take that full month off, you need someone who's going to handle the call. So you got to get all that squared away. Maybe you pass it off onto one of your independent contractors, or maybe you, whatever that looks like, you have to be prepared for that. Um, all the other things are going to kind of be little unique to your business based on what you personally handle with phone calls and um, follow-ups and booking and whatever else it is, but that has to be in your plan of who takes over those responsibilities. And that could be anything because if you're retail, like if you've set yourself up where you pretty much handle everything, well, that's a big load to take on. So that kind of brings us into the next portion of it is you have to be prepared for the communication. So you have to draft 
your email. It doesn't mean that you have to, you know, put a fake reason in there and put it in bold. So it re you remind yourself to clarify. Um, but keep in mind that less is more. You do not have to go into a long-winded story about why you're taking the break. It's just, here's what's happening. Here's when I'm returning. Here's what you do and who you call. That's it. Couldn't agree with you more. Less is more. It's your, it, it, chances are this is a personal reason that you're doing it and you do not have to disclose your personal reason. If a one-on-one -on -one somebody that you trust, you want to open up more to, you have that option, but you do not need to give them any more details than the logistics of the business that concerned them. So well, and I, missed I an 100 percent agree. Less is more. Yep. I missed an important part of that email. You have to make them uh, not make. I'm assure. There we go. You have to assure them that everything is okay. So, you know, like you have your reasons and, you know, everything is okay in the business. We are just taking a, a month off. We will see you again on blah, 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 blah. Put emojis on it, whatever type of clientele you have, put a picture with a kitty. I, it doesn't matter. But you don't need to be long winded in this email. Include your number. You will most likely have clients that reach out and ask, is everything okay? And just like you said, if you feel comfortable enough to share that with them, great. If you don't, you don't have to. You're the business owner. This is the best part of being the business owner is that you can send out a notification like that. And it's you don't have to give a reason. I've got a restaurant here in Michigan. It's a Coney Island, probably the best Coney Island there is. I mean, some people in Michigan might argue it, but um, they are a family-owned business they are cash only and they close on memorial day and labor day weekend the entire weekend and it's just understood even as a restaurant like a lot of times most restaurants won't close for four days friday through monday on a, right. on a holiday weekend they do and they get zero backlash on that because they set the expectations very early and uh, the owner is super transparent with what his plans are with his customers. It's a restaurant, a little bit different. You know, the the the, the boundaries aren't as, uh, you know, strong. Um, but he's super transparent about, I'm going up north and hanging out with the family. And that's really important to him. Right. And his customers absolutely know that and love that. And they're devoted to him and have been going there for 30 plus years. So. Right it's it's you control it just like you said you're the business owner that's the beauty of it is you get to control that narrative um so do that you can let people in if you want to i advise not there's there's boundaries that you should uh have separate and your personal life is one of those it's frankly just not their business but if there is somebody that you're closer with and you want to give them some details you're totally allowed to do that as well yeah absolutely but I mean, once you have that plan in place, you have the money and then you have, you double check to make sure that you have something in your policy for it. You have the communication already drafted out and that includes text messages. So I would suggest sending out a newsletter and then sending out a text message to your client. Um, if you're a phone call person and you feel like doing that, fantastic, but you have to have that script planned out to leave that voicemail or send that text message because you've touched them at least two times to let them know and be aware of what the situation is. And then the last resort is put in your plan, cancel all appointments. If you have online booking, which you should, you can go in because that is the 
that is like the last resort. They'll see that email come through. Your appointment's been canceled. And if they haven't gotten the email and don't check their text messages, then they'll reach out. And after it, once you have that and you have it on paper and you have the money in the bank, it is so relieving to know that you can just kind of deuces out when needed. If, if this is your first time listening, when we say touches, we're talking about communication with the client. So an email is a touch, a text message is a touch, a phone call is a touch. Frankly, a social media post that they see is also a touch. And we talk about touches when we talk about converting somebody from a prospect to a sale, when we talk about um, warming up an opportunity. So just because we're in the massage industry, I felt it was kind of fair to <laughs> define that a little bit because touching yeah. is one thing and touching is something else. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is, uh, we're, we're talking about that connect, that connection. So if you can have the more communication touches you can have with somebody to ensure that they've gotten the communication they should. Uh, but like you said, once they get that cancellation, <laughs> they're definitely going to see it at that point, um, even if they saw or ignored the previous ones. But at least you've done your due diligence to try and get that information to them multiple times. Um, again, you want to be able to say you did the best that you could. You did your part. Right. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Beautiful. Start saving, folks. Beautiful. Beautiful. Start saving folks. Cause I see too many people in this situation when I, when I'm trolling through Facebook groups and I, it, my heart just breaks because no one should have to be in that situation. And if you're sitting there thinking, Hey, I don't think I have this in my budget to do this. Like I'm like just kind of breaking even might be time for a price increase. <laughs> just saying, right. if you're not able to save the money, to prepare yourself for this. It's essentially the same thing as a corporation not putting into their pricing for whatever they're doing, vacation time for their employees, like paid vacation. So my work here is done. I was talking with somebody who might prospectively be uh, one of our one of our partners um, in our new partnership program. And it was interesting. I found myself making assumptions that I shouldn't have. She listens to her podcast, so I'm sure she's going to hear this. But uh, I was thinking um, consulting would be a really good opportunity for her. And we talked a little bit further and she's hype on partnership. And the reason is currently her maximum workload is at a number that she wants to increase. So she's at 10. She wants to get to 15. And realistically, I'd like to see her get up to 22. Yeah, But we talked about the prospect of having multiple massage therapists in a space that she leases to them as an additional revenue stream and her demeanor change. She saw something that a lot of folks aren't, aren't really, it's not in their vision. Right. They, they, they started the practice so that they could work on bodies and help help the world. Um, she sees the business opportunity there. So we started talking about it. So we're going to start with some consulting and dive a little bit further, but I go into this because I made some assumptions having a conversation with somebody and we can't assume anything. We can't assume that they read that text. We can't assume they heard that email. And when we verbally talk with somebody, we can't assume that they digested it. So there's a couple of things you can do to make sure that people hear you right. um, using their name. And the question is, how do you do that with email? You customize the email to put their name in there. Um, we talk about that in our five key behaviors, asking them, uh, 
does that sound fair? Did you hear what I had to say, right? Confirming that they heard what you said. How do you do that via email or text? You ask the question. If you have any questions about and you put the topic in there, please do not hesitate to reach out to me. Add those into these communications, these communication touches that we're talking about, because we want people to ask the questions. We want them to reach out to you because if they're not, um, that means that they are just reading it. It doesn't mean that they've digested it, but if they're digging a little bit deeper, either with concern or they're saying, hey, I wish you the best. If they're reaching back out to you, you know that they got that communication and you can rest easy on um, you know, potential fallout with it. So you know, there are ways to take that, what we would normally do in a verbal conversation and convert those into those text-based conversations as well. Right, right. I mean, if you're the type of person that wants to get a response, you can certainly put in there, you know, please respond back that you've read this message. Simple enough. Yeah. I, and I, I like being prepared. All it is is a confirmation. Yeah, all it is is a confirmation um, and it, really that's what you want to do though. It's tough to have a one-sided conversation and they get nothing back because you don't know if they did get it or they didn't get it. And it could have been either. So asking for that prompt of, um, just ping me back that you got this. That's, that's beautiful. And that's control what you can tr control. That's something that you can uh, have control over. So tell me about what's going on next week. Next week. Okay. So this is, uh, coming in hot at perfect timing, um, we're coming up onto the holiday season, right? So we're going to be talking about the do's and don'ts of offering seasonal specials. We've been a little lax about this in the past and basically just stated, you know, do what works best for your business. Um, and you know, don't discount, but add something in. And we're just going to, we're just going to flat out give you our do's and don'ts, because there's been a lot that's been going around that I've seen that I'm like, why are you? No, please don't. And I'll also tell you why. So for now, keep folding your sheets and we will see you next week. Bye. Take it to the next level.